Hello, you're listening to Rosie and Jessica's Day of Fun, episode 56, Toffee and Maths. Enjoy the show. I'm Rosie. I'm Jessica. And you're listening to Rosie Rosie and Jessica's Jessica's Day Day of of Fun. Fun. Hi, Jessica. Hi, Rosie. You know how many films of The Wizard of Oz is too many films of The Wizard of Oz to watch in a week? Uh, More than one? Yeah. Guess how many films of The Wizard of Oz I watched in in a week? More than one? More than one. If you said all of them, you would really not be far off. That's all, all of, of them. them. I watched ten, Jessica. I watched ten films of Even The Wizard of Oz. Even the one with the cloth-faced loons? Even that one, which was less frightening when you don't wake up halfway through it in a darkened cinema. That was horrendous. Yeah, I can see that. My trick is, things on YouTube, you can play at double speed. And if it's a black and white silent film, you don't need to watch it at normal speed. Because you don't need to hear them talking. That's good. Too many films, Jessica. Too many films. Some of them were good. Some (laughs) of them were good. Parts of them were fine. The 1939 MGM Judy Garland musical is the best known for a reason. And the best thing about Oz the Great and Powerful starring James Franco is that after you've watched it, you never have to watch Oz the Great and Powerful starring James Franco again. That's a bad film. I've heard very... Yes. The worst thing about it is his beard. He could have full coverage of a beard, but it's very sparse and he's got a goatee. And it's... Robert, like, it's really insubstantial. Like, oh, he looks... um. A bit like Adam Driver on Girls. Like, he just doesn't really care about having facial hair. Uh, I don't mind. But he's meant to be a showman. It's really bad, is what I'm trying to say. Right, noted. Probably probably won't bother with it, then. Take that out of your Netflix queue if it's in there. I'm not sure it is in there. Zach Braff plays a CGI monkey. Well, that's going back in the list. I am in the middle of writing an essay on The Wizard of Oz. Hence why I've watched so many films. He's on down the road! <laughs> yeah, how was The Wiz? I really enjoyed it, actually. Diana Ross is very peculiar in it because it's not that her acting is bad, it's just that her interpretation of the role is very peculiar. Diana Ross is a little bit peculiar, isn't she? She looks on the verge of tears throughout the entire thing. Michael Jackson is really good. The songs are really good, and I'm told they're even better in the stage version because they're more Motown, whereas Quincy Jones made them more funk. Right. Although The Wicked Witch of the West... When she is about to die, it has the most explanatory piece of dialogue I've ever heard in a film. Because she shouts, I'm allergic to water. It makes me melt. (laughs) Good. And then she does. And then she melts. You think this is clear. If you didn't understand that that was what was happening, that is what is happening. I I think I've seen a clip of her melting. Doesn't she just sort of tip, like, bum first into a chair? She's already in the chair. And then she's just sort of... She just sinks in, like the bottom falls out of it. She just falls through the gap. It's hardly Margaret Hamilton shouting, oh, what a world, oh, what a world. Great, great little reference for the uh, Wizard of Oz buffs there. They kept setting her on fire. That's the problem with Oz the Great and Powerful, is that it's CGI. Everything is CGI. So the bit where he wakes up in Oz, then it all expands out and it becomes colourful. But what is so impressive about when Judy Garland opens that door is that everything is real because it's all on a studio set, so they built all those flowers. Whereas you just look at it and think, oh, that's James Franco wandering through a lovely green screen. The Emerald City was not a green screen. There's a great metaphor in there somewhere if you have a scrabble. That's like a thing for life or something. You could embroider that on a little... Sell that on Etsy. That's a very 
It's a very bad film. It's a very bad film. Not as bad as the books, but that's fine. There's a bit where the Tin Man just beheads 40 wolves in quick succession, and then Dorothy wakes up and is a bit alarmed because they have just all these wolves piled up. And then the Scarecrow snaps the neck of 40 crows. And then there are wasps. And the lion snaps the neck of 40 wasps. <laughs> yeah. He's got very intricate paws. <laughs> He's a craftsman. Very odd set of books. Basically, I've accidentally crafted very strange fortnight of research for myself. Yeah, you didn't think that through, did you? No, and the fact that I've talked about it is for five minutes really indicates I should probably <laughs> finish this essay or find other interests. That would be a good idea. Uh, can I recommend Grace and Frankie on Netflix? Oh, you absolutely can. I've watched the first six episodes. I've heard slightly mixed things. What do you think? I'm really enjoying it. Oh, cool. Well, um, I trust your judgment, except on anything called Baby Daddy or things including Adam Sandler. But that's not the case for either of these things. I'll cut that, sorry. <laughs> One, I never claimed that Baby Daddy was particularly good. <laughs> Two, uh, I, don't, I don't particularly like Adam Sandler. No, that's fine. Only when he's tempered by Drew Barrymore. Mm. So basically what happens is I watch a Drew Barrymore film and put up with the fact that Adam Sandler is also in it. Right, you know how I'd gone, I was trying to, to renege on my thing about Crank? I then had a conversation about a certain bit. I'm totally back on the crank wagon because <laughs> we had to describe it some bit and I forgot that the perfect way to describe the film Crank is it's speed but with a man, not a bus. <laughs> and I thought, yeah, this is a great film. And the fact that the character Jason Statham plays is called Chev Chelios. That's not a name. <laughs> in Iceland. But in Crank, it's a very good name. So in Grace and Frankie, that's cool. That's all on Netflix. I could do... I could do that as my Daredevil alternate watching to lighten the mood. Yes, you could. I've watched a bit more Daredevil. Have you finished it yet? No, I've got about th three episodes to go, I think. I am looking forward to this essay being done because I can watch the 39 episodes of Castle on my DVR. Oh, that sounds good. What seasons are you on? Season 5 has just started, but season 7 starts new next week. But that's fine because they'll come out every week, season 7, so I can slowly catch up. It's not like when I was videoing all of this lot where it was two episodes a day. Instead I'm yeah, watching two episodes of Cheers a day, but that is a lot easier than watching two episodes of Castle. Yes, shorter. Less murder. Jessica. Rosie. On Monday, I went to see my f one of my favourite bands. I can't even say they're my favourite Scottish band or my favourite indie band, because Franz Ferdinand are all of the categories. But it tells you something about my taste in music, because I went to see Bell and Sebastian on Monday, and it was great. Uh, it was brilliant. Life ambition fulfilled? Pretty much. Achievement unlocked? Mm hmm I went with my friend Lucy. Hi. I got into Bell and Sebastian relatively late in their career in that their first album came out when I was six. Uh, but they haven't really been playing the UK that much in recent years. They do a lot of international festivals, and, or, or they do festivals in the UK, but I don't tend to go to those. So I was very excited to see them at the Methodist Central Hall in Westminster, where one of the leaders' debates was held recently. <laughs> so that was a bit peculiar. They were tremendous, and they played a good mixture of old and new stuff, because I realised about two hours before I left the gig, I hadn't listened to their new album, so got on that. Ill-prepared. Ill-prepared. And a couple got engaged on stage. Oh, that's nice. That always jollies up proceedings a bit. It was great, because the steward, the lead singer, said, oh, I had a message from somebody, and he was saying that his girlfriend had bought them tickets to this, and she was trying to keep it a surprise, but she talks in her sleep. So, so come on, get on stage. And Lucy and I kind of thought, oh, imagine if. 
and they got on stage and, and Stuart gave them a hug and then they sat down and they, and Stuart was kind of talking. He said, I think there was something uh, something this guy wanted to ask and the whole audience was like, oh, and he got out a ring and obviously she said yes. That would have been terrible if not. Even if you say no later, you have to say yes at the time. Exactly. And That's then the rule. they sang uh, Piazza New York Catcher which starts with a line about eloping. It was really sweet and the couple were sitting on the edge of the stage and they were holding hands. And I just like all four of their hands were holding all four they they both had two arms. They both had four arms. Four arms. <laughs> Beforehand I went for fish and chips and I was served a piece of fish Forehand. genuinely longer than my forearm. Four hands. So these mutant octopus freaks were holding hands and he was singing to her and it was very adorable and they got up and had a dance. We were in the well, balcony, so we couldn't join it. Lovely. It was really good. And I bought a badge. But I didn't buy a t-shirt because they were £22. Please. You could buy nearly a DVD player for that in Argos. You could buy a Catalanda toaster, probably. Not good quality ones. Though. No. I mean, my DVD <laughs> player, I didn't buy the cheapest one because it looked like it was made in the pre-dissolution USSR. It was absolutely... If somebody said, this is my old Betamax player, I'd have been like, yep, yeah, that's fine. Yep, it was that enormous. Makes, that checks out. Jessica, what have you done with your life? What have I done with my life? Well, what I've told you one of them because that was Grace and Frankie. It's got the president in it. It's got the president in it. It's got Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin. I'm hoping that Dolly Parton will turn up at some Two point. thirds of nine to five. Yeah. Six to two and six, two thirds. To, yeah. No. Three and two. Oh, God. Oh, three and God. two thirds. No. What the hell is five? Of, that joke would be amazing. Right. Rosie's going to do some maths and I'm going to tell you about a new bar that's open in London. What's two thirds of six? Oh my god! <laughs> five divided. Wait, five times. Oh, good god! Five times not point six six six. Three and a third. Six <laughs> to three and a third. That'd be a six to three and a third. Yeah, pretty good. Yeah. Did that off the top yeah. of my head, Jessica? What else have you done with your life? Well, wow. Um, I have been to an exciting new bar in London. Check me out with my like current and up-to-date. Is it the place to be? Yeah. It's called Cahoots, and it's based, as you know, I, I'm not happy unless there's like some sort of rationing. I've heard of Cahoots. You, oh, you were in Cahoots, were you? I was in Cahoots. Tell me about the theme. Right. Call it a theme bar is kind of... does. It's not that tacky. It's not, yeah. Theme bar kind of comes, sums up a kind of tacky... No... Oh enforced fun sort of idea but this place isn't it's basically it's an underground tube station jessica were you just having a drink on the circle line because you it is banned you're not allowed to have open alcohol oh i see what happened although i once drank one of those little tins of pims on a train i thought we were gonna get arrested i never ever noticed people drinking on the tube um, until the ban came in at which point everyone everyone was drinking on the tube i can't get through a commute without it literally everyone businessmen pensioners i mean they get free travel so probably they're not bothered families children in buggies everyone the driver so what is the theme of this theme bar i mean they've committed the guy on the door is like wearing a great coat and you have to go and say hello we want to see the captain and then you go down the stairs as if we're going into a tube station like there's a war on and the air raid siren's gone off although actually i think it is set in 1946 so it's post blitz and then the cloakroom is like a ticket office and there's a man in a little hat like a porter's uniform and it's all like metro tiles and stuff and it's a bar and it's a bar and there are drinks and other people selling nylons presumably there are like waitresses with victory rolls and yes yes there are and sort of tea dresses and and had you dressed up 
not particularly. I wore my Debbie Bliss Lion This Skin Go Back to Needle and Fed, although it's not in recent knit and I didn't do it. But I wore my Debbie Bliss Land <laughs> I'm taking credit for it. Debbie Bliss Land Girl sweater. Oh, that's fine. Yeah, that's very much it. be appropriate. I mean, don't dress as a Nazi. No. For this be... or all occasions. I've hosted two dinner parties. Have you do tell? How did your dinner parties go? Oh, brilliantly. I only sustained one minor burn. So the first day I made a brilliant savoury pie. And then on the, the, the second one, which was a Friday, I made a sweet pie. And also a sweet, sweet pie. Sweet cherry pie. It was really nice. Um, my friends came over and they played the piano and Lewis sat on the rocking horse. And there is a good correlation between people deciding it's time to leave and me turning up in my fur coat. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everyone. Oh, Rosie, we've got to go and get the train. Fine. Did you have an old-fashioned piano party? Accidentally. But I play the piano every day and I am actually improving, which is something I never considered possible because I thought I had a set amount of intelligence and talent at birth and unfortunately that was the amount that a seven-year-old should have. So I sort of peaked. I peaked in junior school and then was like, that's me done. Thank you. Good night, Vienna. And now I've learned that actually if you work at things, you can improve. And now I can read bass clef. I can sight read bass clef. And this is genuinely... My eyes are open. I did not know that was a skill that was open to me, Rosie, a human. Good for you. Um, I, I can in theory read bass clef, but I think I'd be quite slow at it. Because I'd, I'd be having to think too much about what I was doing. Maybe I'll do that. Maybe I'll give it a go. You did buy a keyboard, so I would hope you're playing it. Yeah. Whereas I've just got one of the many pianos that we have in our family. Just floating. Floating around. Good times. For a change. Uh, that's me done unless you want to hear my anecdote about making a noise complaint to the council. Good lord, no. I lived through it once. I, I remember what else I did. I knew there was something. I came to see you on a lovely bank holiday. Yeah, we went to our parents' house and you made a great cake, which we'll no doubt hear about later. Boiler. Yeah, that was a good day. That was a good day. I washed my car. The great family activities. It Why was. not on this bank holiday invite your grown-up children around and wash a car? Well, precisely, because everyone washes their car on a bank holiday and I don't have anywhere to wash a car because it's too many flights of stairs. So it's a lot easier to drive somewhere else and do it. Do you want to do your song? My song! I'm pretty sure I haven't heard this one before. Um, my song is Ultraviolet by the Stiff Dillons, who are technically a fictional band. I was going to say, that's definitely a fictional band. But where from? From Angus Thongs and Full Frontal Snogging. The film? Well, the book. But yeah, the the song is obviously, it's not an audio book. When you read it, you're not given the song. So that is from the film. And it's incredibly catchy and really good to dance around the living room to. So it's a most enjoyable tune. But I thought I could provide some facts on the Stiff Dillons. Fronted by Aaron Johnson. Oh, who was in Avengers last week, last time. Yeah. I mean, he's yeah. in it every time. It's not like a play. But I mean, we talked about it in the last episode. Top fives! Top fives. Terribly unseasonal looking at the weather today. But today we're going to talk about our top five puddings. Pudding is finished. The weather is glorious at the moment. <laughs> that unfortunate and upsetting sound is Rosie hissing like a cat. It probably comes across better if you can see me pulling a hissing like a cat face, because otherwise you think maybe there's a gas leak. Oh no, gas leaks are uh, silent but deadly. It's a silent killer. <laughs> Ah, puddings. I can't remember how this came up. Well, at my dinner parties, one, I provided a 
apple and rhubarb pie, which I thought, oh, I'll enjoy finishing this up over the next few days. And my guests absolutely demolished it. This is not a complaint. It was a lovely compliment. And at my other dinner party, my dear friend Helen provided pudding and she brought homemade sticky toffee puddings. That sounds delightful. Oh, it's my turn to go first. <gasps> bum, bum, bum. In at one sticky toffee pudding. Now, last year, there was a point at which we had a lot of sticky toffee puddings. In, in fact, there were two periods of sticky toffee puddings. And Say sticky toffee pudding again. Sticky toffee pudding again. And I was eating a lot of sticky toffee puddings. And then I decided that I was going to create, I believe, a religion based around hot puddings. Oh, that was it. My life mantra was let's all have a hot pudding and a cuddle. What's his name? Yeah, what's his name? And then the next time the hot pudding became a weird euphemism for a hot, hot man. I think it was because it was when Strictly was on. So I was watching a lot of Kevin from Grimsby and eating a lot of hot puddings. And I'd never really been into sticky toffee puddings until last year when I got really into sticky toffee puddings. Can't make them, but can't microwave them. One more time. Sticky toffee puddings. If none of those three words get into the title of this episode, it will be a blooming miracle, sticky toffee puddings. <laughs> and then I had a an argument on Facebook. Was it about my views on politics? Was it about religion? No, it was about whether you should put cream or custard on a sticky toffee pudding. And, the, and I said no, but now definitely you should put cream on a sticky toffee pudding. Is it hot? Oh, yeah, but the thing is you don't want it too then hot. You should you put don't... ice cream with it. You should... I don't want it to melt because the other day I put cream on my sticky toffee pudding and it melted into the sauce and you can no longer differentiate the cream from the sticky toffee pudding sauce. It's a disease. Number two. Number two. Sticky toffee pudding again. No. Pizza Express chocolate fudge cake. Yep. Yep. Strong work. Now, I used to be 100% with cream on that and now I'm with mascarpone because I'm 25 years old and have the mature tastes of an assured adult. I thought you used to have ice cream. You and Sarah would have ice cream and I would have cream. They used to do really good ice creams at Pizza Express, but they came out of packets. Clearly came out of a mould. Perfectly, sort of, they were these little discs. Um, But once I got two and it looked a little bosomy for my liking. Okay, well now it's mascarpone and that is a great thing. I don't think they've changed the recipe in 20 years. And frankly, if they have, I'm sickened. It is a great chocolate fudge cake. It is a standard chocolate fudge cake. That is what I want from a decent chain restaurant and a night out. Put it. And I'm pretty sure that the topping is uh, Betty Crocker. I am okay with that. Excuse me, I need to go to the supermarket and buy some Betty Crocker now. Number three. Number three. Eaten mess. As I once said on Twitter, I ate so much eaten mess, I'm at risk of being confronted with a whole load of eaten mess. (laughs) Ho, ho, ho. I thought it was going to be sick. I got that. Meringues, cream, red fruits... What more does one want after a meal? Number four. Crumble plus. You may recall from episode eight, the only episode I know what top five is in off the top of my head. Sandwiches. A ham sandwich is a boring thing, but you can very quickly elevate that by the addition of cucumber and lettuce. And immediately you are looking at a ham salad sandwich and we are on a picnic roll. I use that word knowing what it means. An apple crumble (laughs) is a fine standard pudding. But if you pop a little bit of, uh, for example, seasonal rhubarb in, you, my friend, have entered a whole new world of wartime puddings. Crumble plus. Not just a bit of apple. Oh my god, it's got red fruit in it. Hmm. Get tin in peaches. my face. I love tin peaches in uh, apple crumble. Number five. Number five. See, don't put it. The Carnival Clown Ice Cream from John Lewis in the mid-90s. Shut the front door. That is amazing. The Carnival Clown Ice Cream was an ice cream sundae that looked 
like a clown. But not a scary clown. Lovely, friendly nice clown. clown. Its mouth was those delicious little jellied orange Harvey things, which you can get in Sainsbury's. And when I found out that the average layperson could buy them, I was a little saddened, I will say. I thought this was a miracle that only John Lewis right. could provide. It had... Does it mean you can make your own carnival clown at home? Yes, it does. Does it mean I have? Yes, it does. I've never made one. Do they have an upside down cone on their head? No, I'm thinking of that thing in Jane Asher's cake book where she makes a clown cake. Fan, fan wafers, a cherry nose, chocolate button eyes and um, Sh- sugar, sugar orange lemon mouth. And then they have uh, a meringue as a hat. Meringue hat. My yeah. band, incidentally. Oh, if only John Lewis's The Place to Eat still made those. Or their teddy bears picnic children's lunches where the sandwiches were in the shape of a teddy. They were good. I wonder what they did with all the all the excess bread. They fed them to the homeless who enjoyed negative space teddy sandwiches. That's it, nice. It did not go to waste. They went to live on a farm. Those are my oh, top fives, Jessica. Top fives. Okay. <clears throat> in well, in no particular order. Oh, Jessica, have you what? noticed that QI's no such thing as a fish has stolen your catchphrase? Yes, I had. I should sue them. Because they every day... Every day. They do an episode every day, every four, week. Our top four facts of the week in no particular order are... Your top so, five. Top five. In no particular order, taking it back. Uh, number one, banoffee pie. Oh my god, yes. Let's just all take a moment to think about banoffee pie. <laughs> it's so beautiful. I'm in a good place right now. I mean, what can you say? It's just... Well, uh, number two, chocolate fudge pudding. Not chocolate fudge cake, which is obviously amazing. Chocolate fudge pudding. Is this what our mum used to make us? Yeah. Why are all of these meals from the 90s, Jessica? I, I don't think know, I've eaten any of these foods. I haven't had a banoffee. Do you remember our mum went through a period of making a lot of banoffee pies? Yes. And obviously really carnival good. clown faces. They they went out with John Major. Oh, dear. So, yeah, chocolate fudge pudding is amazing. Is it in Katie Stewart's cookbook? I've been thinking about buying that cookbook, Jessica. I'm thinking about buying that cookbook a lot. <laughs> well, I'm up nights with it. Why the hell not? And you'd be able to poach a pear in um, in red wine because that's what's on the front cover. Yeah, but you can get chucked off grounds for trespassing. Some sort of poaching joke? Carry I on. It. I mean, it needs work. Yeah, chocolate fudge pudding. Um, and if you want an accompaniment, it has to be ice cream. In that Pyrex dish, right? No, it would be in the white the white one with the blue flowers. That's the one I'm thinking of. Okay, good. And it has to be with ice cream because if the if the pudding is hot, then it needs... You need a frozen accompaniment. A yeah. fridged accompaniment will dissipate too quickly. Yeah, see, that's the thing about the chocolate fudge cake. Because it was cold, so you went with cream. If it had been hot, then it would be ice cream. I know you're a vegan, Jessica, but if you were to break it, the mascarpone on the Pizza Express chocolate fudge cake would be my routine. Because okay. because the chocolate okay. fudge cake, I mean, yes, it is a commercial mass-produced cake. Yeah, but you say that, but I'm pretty sure one bite of chocolate fudge cake is a Proustian Madeleine. It's exactly that, because you used to have it all the time in the 1990s. Please continue. Yeah, so if it's a hot pudding, it has to have ice cream with it. So all will vary when Harry met Sally. If it's warm, then you have this. And if it's cold, then you have this. But if you can't do that, then just have it on the side. And, you know, I mean, it always has to be on the side. Incorrect. What about custard? You're putting custard on hot puddings. You have a little a little bit over the top, but you don't drown it. A little bit over the top to hint, no, just so that the pudding like, knows that there's pudding. custard there. But most of it's pulled around the edges. Number three, pumpkin pie. Are you partaking of your pumpkin pie? Yes. Quick question. Is there too much pepper on your paprikash? Always. And you've just made me think of something for honourable mentions. Pumpkin pie is... Would it cost you sixteen ninety nine at Whole Foods? Yeah, it would. Pumpkin pie. Pumpkin pie. 
I don't really know what to say about pumpkin pie. It's a pie filled with pumpkins, and it's it's amazing. Mm. Yeah. Um, can be eaten hot or cold. Can be eaten with cream or ice cream, obviously, depending on the uh, previous decision. So, yeah, I've got apple crumble here. But like you, I was sort of putting apple crumble as a as a heading for things also to be added in, as I previously mentioned in tin peaches. Really nice. But it's fresh peaches if you've got them. Why not? Apple, pear and plum crumble is really good. You can get that as food for thought, but not for much longer because they're closing. Somebody put scrunch in honourable mentions. That always looked nice. Never ate it. You know, what with the cream. And number five, builder pudding from camp. We get a slice of basically chocolate fudge cake. And then you work your way down like a buffet line of, well, Angel Delight made in a washing up bowl. Various sauces in squeezy bottles. Sweets. Like bits of chocolate. Sprinkles. All sorts. Everyone has to then lie on the floor for about an hour and a half. Try not to throw up. But you're so happy. Not as happy as I am when we move to honourable mentions and I get to use the phrase Hagrid's chocolate mess. Oh dear God. Jessica and I once went on a Harry Potter themed weekend away guide camp, which was brilliant. And on one of the meals, which may have been the end of term feast we had in the Great Hall, the pudding was Hagrid's chocolate mess, which was kind of everything you get in Build a Pudding, but in like a washing up bowl or something. It was made in a giant, giant mixing slash salad bowl. Which we, yeah, we made it in advance and it just meant that the Angel Delight kind of soaked into everything. We are fully into honourable mentions now. We used Swiss roll and it just dissolved into uh, the Angel Delight. So I'm sure if you'd been able to cut it as a cross section, we would have been able to see where it was, but it was became the same consistency as the Angel Delight. So as you served it with a spoon, you just got a bowl of slop, but it also had like sweets and stuff in it which kind of formed lumps. It tasted great. It did taste great. I have to say, I'm Hagrid's told. Chocolate Mess is an unfortunate name for a pudding. <laughs> well, it wasn't originally... It was the, the mess was added when we attempted to serve it. Scrunch. Good times. From Food for Thought. Not scrump. Her head is too big. So I pretended to have ugly eggs in her ears. No, scrunch is... It's usually bananas and strawberries on some kind of buttery biscuit base don't. with just... Don't sing... Uh, uh, I think the technical term is oodles of whipped cream on top. Yeah. Mm-mm-mm. Lavish. It's one of those things where you think, is that a pudding or is that just a pile of great things in a bowl? Do you have any honourable mentions? Why can't they be both? They're not mutually exclusive. Pecan pie. Ooh, pecan and pie. treacle tart, which is basically the same but without the pecans, let's be honest. More breadcrumbs, less nuts. That's my uh, slogan for 2015. <laughs> yeah, you got that printed on that t-shirt, didn't you? I did. The tattoo was a mistake. Bread and butter pudding. Oh, marmalade bread and butter pudding. Oh, because I was then going to go for chocolate brackets, bread. maybe brioche, close brackets, bread and butter pudding. Brioche, good good work, strong showing. And uh, jam roly-poly. I haven't had one yeah. in living memory, but Iceland were doing Aunt Bessie ones, marked down from £1.50 to a pound. Totally forgot to buy one, but every time I walked past the Iceland near Newcross Station, I was like, oh, bloody one and jam roly-poly now, uh Strong anecdote from, from Rosie. Anything made with suet. Steak and kidney. <laughs> yep. I don't like kidneys. Mincemeat. Because they taste a little bit of <laughs> good chocolate mess. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like kidneys, but I do like liver. Um, good. A suet pudding. Why do we have to be going into summer now? Why can't we just skip straight to autumn again? No, we've just got... Several months of fruit salad ahead of us. Ah, uh, the worst go. pudding in the world! I hate fruit salad. <laughs> Can we have dishonourable mentions where I just get to talk about the things in this category that I despise? Fruit salad is... 
I have a worse one. Tin fruit cocktail. <laughs> Always with the really, really unnaturally red cherries yeah. and the white thing that you're never quite sure what is it is. It's like pear or something, but it's not a consistency of any fruit you're familiar with. No, I think it's water chestnut. Uh, yeah, when somebody says, do you want some pudding? And they get out a tin fruit cocktail and you think, what, what do you think of me? Who do you think I am? <laughs> you have no idea how much fruit salad I eat. Because whenever you go somewhere, not to people's homes, but like restaurants or if you've gone to an event or something and you've let people know that you're a vegan, it's always fruit salad. Which is why quite often if you go for like a set menu sort of thing, he's like, do you want two courses or three? I say, well, I'll have two courses and I'll have a starter because pudding will be a fruit salad. When you came to my house for Easter Sunday, I gave you an apple. And yes, then you did. it was, I, I kind of took the joke too far and it just became like a really sarcastic pudding that I presented you and our cousin with. <laughs> uh, you dutifully ate it. No, Harriet ate hers. I put mine in my handbag and took it to work for a it snack. Was, it was a gift. That was <laughs> the end. Oh, our food-based top fives are always the best because basically we love food. Yeah, what happens is we start being sensible and then get overexcited and just shout the names of food at each other. Sticky toffee pudding. Sticky toffee pudding. My song! Rosie, what's your song? Nobody's Empire by Bell and Sebastian. It's the main single off their new album, Girls from Peace Time Want to Dance. It's all about Stuart Murdoch's experiences with ME chronic fatigue syndrome. Oh, very interesting, very interesting. Did you know that it is ME chronic? F- Obviously, you do. I'm just, you know, segueing. Topical, as it's uh, ME CFS Awareness Week. I'm super aware. Yes. And so it's quite topical that I went to see them in ME Awareness Week. Needle and Fed! Needle and Fed. And this is great. I mean, look at how much gusto I'm putting into the jingles. No knitting, no knitting from Rosie. I'm so sorry. I mean, the, the elephant has a head, but I've baked so much. I've baked okay, so what, much. What have you baked? What have you baked? Well, Let's go with that first. Rhubarb and apple pie. Didn't make the pastry. Course, yeah. uh, okay, and I chose not to buy pre-rolled pastry, and then I just had a bloody nightmare rolling it out. I do now own a rolling pin, so it's not a wine bottle wrapped in cling film anymore. But that was fine. <laughs> We've all been there. Chicken, leek, and prune pie. That using a puff nice. pastry, which is much easier to roll out yourself. Yes, and it was the one I'd made the week before, but I did the recipe properly because I had guests. So I put right. the cream and the wine in the sauce. And Good that move. was molto bene. And then I had so much left over and I just ate it for a whole week. I made fairy cakes the other week. And I made chocolate cake late last night because I realised I had some elderly eggs. And I bought a hand whisk which I've never used before, and my bowl... An electric hand whisk? An electric hand whisk, I should have said, which came with two dough hooks. Two dough hooks? It came with a dough hook extension, is what I'm saying. My mixing bowl is not a full-size mason cache, and so it's a little precarious when you're using a hand whisk, whether things are going to fly out and spatter your kitchen with butter. Only a little bit. Ah. But it makes it so much easier, and then my cake, when it was baking, it was enormously aerated, and it rose up really high, and it sank, but not as in in the middle, it just came down to a normal height it settled yeah it settled i mean to think of the cream i could whip all i'm saying is garden party great times scones cream jam sticky duffer pudding what's his name custard so i've made a lot of cakes and oh because i'm still eating the fairy cakes from last week what did i do I separated the two layers of chocolate sponge cake that i made yesterday with some baking parchment wrapped it in foil popped in the freezer so that when i finish my fairy cakes i'm only 10 minutes away from a cake. That's always a good place to be. I made a Victoria sponge last week. As, uh, oh, as it was great. It's very tall. It was very tall. In fact, it was it was so tall it couldn't support its own weight after we'd cut it. And I'd obviously posted pictures on Instagram. It formed a sort of... San Francisco fault line. 
Yeah, fault line. That's the word I wanted. Canyon. Yeah. It split apart, is what we're saying. Basically, the top layer just kind of cracked in two. Like the end of Breaking Dawn Part 2, where for no reason the world splits in two. But that made it handy because I was leaving some of it with our parents and taking some of it home, so I just cut it down the crack. And then the... Oh. And it was all good. The next day, I stayed over, and before I left the next day, I got to have another slice. I think it was nicer the next day as well. It was great at all times. Good. And you did a lovely decorating job with the beans and the stars and then he said oh if only we had some edible glitter but luckily rosie stashes edible glitter in many houses she has access to if i have keys to a house there's edible glitter in it so i've eaten a lot of cake i may have made another one they were successful better than the terrible pastry i made the other week um so you haven't done any crafty based things then no but my sewing machine is now in my house well that's very handy what are you going to make so i'm 1950s style housekeeper's overalls. Amazing. Like Mrs. Overall. Yeah, like Mrs. Overall, but not. So that I can put it on while I clean. Good. And then you can have a sit down. A nice cup of tea, a nice homemade macaroon. Yes. Yeah, I've got some ideas. I've got my ha- uh, 100 Ways to Sew a Meter book that you gave me. Oh, yeah. That was good. That's a good book. It's a lot of the things in there are a bit like beginner's knitting patterns where you're like, you can, but why? Yeah. Yeah, but there are there are some things in there which are quite cute. There's a lot of stuff in there as well, so obviously you're not going to a hundred exactly, possibly even a hundred and one. Oh, and I did another set of nail art. I did some Wizard of Oz theme nails. Oh yeah, they were very good. Thanks. I saw them in person. Now I've just got glitter. I have nothing except a tiny little bit of red that doesn't seem to come off. Oh dear, that are you sure that's not an injury? <laughs> yes. Oh, I've done some knitting. I knitted some little booties for a friend who's expecting a child in June, July, June. Lovely. It's quite a crazy wool. Its base colour is pink and then it's got variegated colour yarn running through it in sort of rainbow. So you get these like weird flecks of bright colour. Like classic baby wool? Not, no, not exactly. You know what I'm talking about, those big balls of pink baby wool where you get like the odd colours. Or not even pink, you'll get, you'll get them in base pastel colours. The coloured bits aren't woven in as part of the wall. They're extra. Oh, good grief. Oh, I see. So it's like another bit of multicoloured fibre running through the... Oh, that's like, nice. ...that wraps around the yarn. Currently showing Gracie it on Skype. It's not actually finished yet. This is like a flat thing. Presumably the bit that's currently pointing towards me is the toe, and then you'll be seaming underneath? Yes. Quite a lot like Humphrey's foot. Uh, yes, probably almost exactly like Humphrey's foot. Okay, because I've been looking at slipper patterns, because my bunny slippers... Uh, as I believe I've mentioned to you, I'm not sure if I mentioned on the podcast, have been polished smooth by wearing them so frequently and are genuinely a death trap. They're a, they're I'm a health constantly hazard. sort of slipping over and thinking, oh, imagine if I did it at the top of the stairs. So funeral arrangements, etc. Um, so I want to knit some new ones. Also, they've got a hole in them. I mean, it's, they need to go in a bin. I think it might be time for some new slippers. Yeah, I'm going to minit, minit my own. What have, have we seen this week? What have we seen this week? Hey. Hi. I've got tons. 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 Jessica, you had one? Uh, yes. From the toast. There there are two threads, actually. There's one which is women making polite conversation and one which is uh, women having a terrible time at parties in classical art. Yes. And uh, they're based a collection of uh, classical paintings. They're very much what the title implies uh, with amusing captions underneath. Also on the toast... There was an article called What Jane Austen Heroine Are You? And you may remember several episodes ago, I went on a miniature rant about women who believe that they're Elizabeth Bennets and are actually Lydia's. And this is basically 
that saying that a lot of people think that they're Elizabeth Bennets and uh, 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 they are not. So I felt a spiritual affinity and also slightly ripped off. Epbot, the personal blog of Jen, who is behind Cake Rex, posted a tutorial on how to make bracelets that look like iced cakes. Oh, she did. They were fun. Tremendous. There's a craft. I mean, as with many of her crafts, it involves like a saw and a sander, you know, like some sort of polymer. Yeah, I do not have access to polymers. I mean, maybe I do. I don't really... I'm out of my science depth. Uh, but they're so cute. And they're these, these great bracelets that look like cakes. And she'd made her own fake sprinkles. And all good. The National Trust emailed me. Not specifically. It's in their newsletter. <laughs> and one of their events is called Woolen Woods in Bloom at Arlington Court. And it's a collection of knitted woodland plants, creatures, uh, animals. That sounds right up your street. So far up my street. So that is great. Woodland Woods up in Bloom at Arlington Court. There are pictures online, and of course you can visit. And I think possibly submit crafted goods. Cool. And do you have more? Do you have other stuff in this segment? Because I've got so much, I'm just going to keep going. Uh, yeah, no, I have nothing more. I was on another podcast. I have. To, I should now? break it to you gently. I'm you so sorry. Stinking Judas. I was on Friend of the Show, Lucianne Harrison's Symphony and Snacks. Uh, Symphonies and Snacks is a podcast about contemporary classical music and puns about food. Yes, please. And I was on episode three talking about Trevor Wishart's Red Bird and how much I hated it. I should warn you that if you press play, the first thing you hear is this crazy piece of music. Music is a strong word. It starts with some like animal noises and screaming. Right. You may think classic Rosie. She's being herself here. That's not me. That's that's the that's the that's sound. The actual music. That's the actual music. The actual published music. But yes, so Symphonies and Snacks episode three featuring Moi talking about some music, making coherent points. And finally, something that I thought was so funny, I cried. And Jessica was not so sold on. But it's a video of a sloth trying to cross the road. It was amusing, but it wasn't the funniest thing I've ever. I seen. don't know what got to me, but I I thought. Oh, this is quite funny. And then I realised that it was kind of taking me over. And then I watched it again. I found it as funny the second time. It's a video of a sloth crossing a road with some great music on top. We're going to post it a thousand times. It's only 58 seconds long. Take that out of your day. Maybe I should watch it again. See if I'm more... Like, I'm I'm not unsold on it. Just I didn't find it as funny as you did. So we all know that the, fun- the funniest thing I've ever seen is that time you looked like Dwight Schrute on the webcam and I fell off the sofa. Yeah, I mean, it's up there with the first time we saw those dogs wearing clothes on Room 101. Oh my god. <laughs> a clip not it's available just so on the funny. If anyone online has access to the first Room 101 featuring Ross Noble when Paul Merton was the host, and he has a bit about dogs wearing clothes, and they show a vintage clip of dogs wearing clothes, all of them walking on their hind legs, one of them is wearing a trilby and shuts a gate, please send it my way. Hello at rosieandjessica.co.uk Frankly, I will set up a new email address so you can email dogs at rosieandjessica.co.uk <laughs> I'm done. In life? Or... Every week. That's the new catchphrase. Well, that's quite enough of that. That's all the things I've seen. And ten films of The Wizard of Oz. Don't watch any of them. Except the good ones. <gasps> Too many! We're not gonna take it. No! Okay, well, I'm signing off before Rosie um, loses her mind. We'd record it through nap time. Oh, dear. We'll speak to you all in a fortnight. Say goodbye, Rosie. Goodbye, Rosie. Sticky top of pudding.
To find out more and to read show notes for this and past episodes, you can visit our website at rosieandjessica.co.uk. You can email us at hello at rosieandjessica.co.uk. And you can follow us on Twitter at The Day of Fun Show. Don't forget you can find all of our archives and leave reviews and ratings on iTunes. See you soon.